it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer. Jeremy Hill holding down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios, it's Hunt and Hill. Now on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Welcome in, Hunting Hill on a Friday for the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge studio downtown in the capital city. I am Hunt, Hunt Palmer, he is Hill, Jeremy Hill, Casey Gaines, and Paul O'Neill back there on the ones and twos. Memorial Day weekend is afoot. We are here to get you to the long weekend with you till 2 o'clock. Mr. Hill, how are you on this Friday? I was a little worried I'd be wiping the sleep out of my eyes from staying <laughs> up late watching that game. But, hey, we're good to go, man. It's Friday. We talk a little LSU, LSU baseball. You know, look, this is the important stuff. we got to start with the important stuff, obviously. Uh, I told you on the air yesterday, like, I really needed the Myers man to come home from daycare and go right to sleep so Dad could find 20 minutes of shut-eye on the couch. It all worked. Flawless execution. Took him for a walk, put him down. Out like a light. I got on the couch, found about 20 minutes of sleep there. I got to the end of the ball game last night. No issues at all and feel pretty good today. So uh, sometimes in the SC tournament, you got to do that two or three times. Uh, not the case this week because of the rain, but we got through one work day uh, with, uh, with minimal issues on the sleep front. Tigers get a big win. We're talking about that, of course, a lot here in the first hour. We'll have Teddy Cahill on in the second hour. He's, of course, from Baseball America. At 1.15, he will tell us about his latest regional projections, which have the Tigers hosting. Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fit at D1 Baseball, same story. So it looks like yesterday was a big deal in the eyes of the prognosticators. Where they stand in the eyes of the committee, we'll find out in a few days. Luke Johnson is going to join us from down there in New Orleans. He's been at St. Sosier's the last couple of days, so we'll get a Jameis Winston update, rookie update, all things Saints coming at you at 1 o'clock. And, of course, we got to look at these Tennessee Vols. We'll do that at the bottom of this hour. LSU has got a big-time fight on their hands this evening, but it's what we wanted. It's what we asked for. It's what we get tonight, LSU and Tennessee. But last night, uh, late into the evening, early into the morning hours of Friday, LSU knocks off Kentucky 11-6. to uh, Mikhail Hilliard was very good. I gave you what he generally gives you. Gave you six solid innings, gave up four hits and two runs, uh, only walked two, struck out six guys, got a huge punch out with the bases loaded to wiggle out of a jam. And look, he could have gone back out for the seventh. I probably would have sent him back out there at 85 pitches, but um, they sat him down, went to the bullpen, and uh, he's locked and loaded for next week and, and coming off another really nice outing. Uh, what did you see from Mikhail last night? Yeah, I think exactly what we've been seeing from Mikhail all season. Obviously, he's got we know he's got to give up some hits, but I, I think in big-time situations, like you said, especially in that fourth inning, uh, getting with the bases loaded, finding a way to get that punch out and really not leave, keeping the ball in the yard. I think that's the biggest thing I've seen from Mikhail all year. Uh, guys aren't hitting him extremely hard and hitting home runs off of him. Yeah, he'll give up some hits, but he's got to keep the ball in the yard and he's got to battle and he's got to be extended. I think that's what this team is desperately needing needed all year and Mikel's been the most consistent guy with that you can pretty much count on him to give you five or six innings and I think in a tournament like this um that's exactly what you, you don't want to eat up your bullpen I think you know uh coach Johnson a good job not using the big arms I love that <laughs> Raisman didn't have to pitch DeRace didn't have to pitch some of your big guys didn't have to pitch in that game and that, that's all due to Mikel going in there and doing the job he's been doing all season yeah, he gave up the one big swing. Uh, it was a long at bat by Burks. Foul ball, foul ball, trying to sneak fastballs by him here and there in full count. And finally, Mikhail 
got way too much plate with an elevated breaking ball, and, and Burks hit it over the wall. But other than that, it was a really nice effort from McHale. Uh, last night, I just don't have enough superlatives to tell you about the the night that Josh Pearson had at the plate. There, were, from from any perspective you want to go to, he's dealing left yeah. on left with a good left-handed pitcher in Mason Hazelwood. Um, the 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 bat handling clinic that he put on was unbelievable. His first hit was a two-strike hit the other way against the shift. Of course, he hammers the home run on a kind of a hang and breaking ball. Uh, shows you that he can lay down a bunt as well for a hit in a spot mm-hmm. where it kind of looked like a sack. <laughs> bunt, but he put down a bunt and beat it out for a hit. Ability to hit the other way, hit for power, drop down a bunt. He had everything working against some pretty talented arms for Kentucky. Uh, that was an amazing performance by the freshman who has come on in the second half of the year. This happens a lot. Mikey Matuk did it on the national championship team. It's all the way Cruz exploded down the stretch last year. A lot of times freshmen kind of find it late in their freshman year. And there's a lot of talk about that freshman wall, but sometimes you blow right through it. And Pearson's a huge part of this offense, especially when two of your literal first round picks (laughs) may not be there yeah no he's been huge he's been a godsend for this lineup and I think for me seeing him going opposite fields I don't know what Kentucky you know saw with his numbers or anything but to see him go the opposite way with that shift on and really you know make good contact all day I think his approach is at bat so you don't see those approaches uh in the box from freshmen I think his approach every at bat is just amazing and you see him really coming to his own he's on fire right now and that's exactly what you know especially from a guy um who's got a hit from the left side of the of, of the box uh at the plate um, Pearson's been playing extremely well, so I, I think if he can continue to play at this level, um, it's definitely got to soothe, uh, obviously, not having Doty out there and obviously not having Barry out there. Um, Pearson's playing extremely well right now. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, Barry looked to be okay. Um, what I did like when I saw from him yesterday, he didn't have anything on his left hand, which mm-hmm. the right hand is the one where he broke the finger. That's still wrapped up. He hit right-handed. We know he got hit on the left hand in the Vanderbilt series and he put ice on it immediately. Nothing on that hand yesterday. So it appears that this is just precautionary. You understand that these games do count, and it's a big deal for LSU. Last night was a big deal for LSU to win, in my opinion. Um, Anyway, you want to slice it. One, if you think they've already clinched a host spot and they had last night, I still don't want the 16 seed. So um, the the more you can move up the the rung, the better. But you got to have those guys for next week. That's the most important thing, And, and hopefully it was just a rest spot for them. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. I, I think for me, obviously, you've seen him. Uh, we thought you know he could possibly miss the uh, rest of the season. We thought maybe he'd just keep be getting ready for the draft. But uh, I think he wants to compete. And I think Coach Johnson's taking the safe approach um, and, and allowing him to you know heal up. And I think obviously the rain delays help with that. And obviously you know being able to plan this tournament and get that big win where you feel like you have a great chance of hosting. Now um, you don't have to risk having those guys playing out there and, and further injuring themselves. So um, it's got to get Barry uh, an ample time to come back into this lineup. Obviously, uh, they're going to need Doty back at some point as well, too. So I think this week, obviously, getting a big win under your belt, um, it allows you to get some of these guys back healthy and go into this regional uh, with a full squad. And it's a really going to be a dangerous team when you really look at all the guys swinging the bats the way they are. That's the point. I mean, and everyone knows this. We're watching the games, and the run totals are obvious. They're, 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 not, they're knocking the crap out of all. They scored 50-plus runs in the last four games. But it's not just Cruz and Barry and Doty, the guys who are going to be first-round draft picks. I mean, McManus has averaged up over 300 now, and he's clubbing a pair of doubles, left the yard up there in Nashville. Joe Bear's up to 17 home runs on the season and, and swinging the bat incredibly well. We know that Trey Morgan can, can give you something. Jordan Thompson had another hit last night, hitting out of the three-hole, which is not his spot, but had another hit. I mean, you're not going to get a ton from Cranford and Bianco more often than not, but everyone else in this lineup, and, and you may get Dugas back, and we know that he's you know has the ability to get hot, especially right now where they don't have Cruz they don't have uh, Doty and Barry from the right side, another right-handed stick that can hurt you. 
is a, is a great thing. And and he played last night and and got a hit. So um, it's deep. It is a yeah. deep squad right now. Yeah, I mean that to me. If I'm an opposing team, this is the last team uh, you want to be playing with going into a weekend environment with the way they're swinging the bats. You know, you're going to be using your big arms early on and. Uh, I don't want to face this team going through that lineup two and three times and four times the way they're swinging the bats. is It's it's top down, and that's that's even without Barry and Doty in the lineup. You see they can go and score 11 runs against a hot Kentucky team uh, who desperately needed to win that game to even have a chance at postseason. So um, this lineup's scary, um, and I think if obviously if you get Barry and Doty back, it, it's going to be tough for anyone to get through this lineup time and time again. Not Devin Fontenot's best, and mm-hmm. right now, quite frankly, he is not a high-leverage pitcher on this team. There's a reason he came into the game where he did. I was hoping he could carry that thing and, and get it deeper in the game than he did. Couldn't finish the second inning there. Gave up four earned runs. The command just not quite there. Um, he's throwing that running fastball, and it's just not finding the, the, the plate enough. He got behind way too often last night and, and gave up some hard-hit balls, so... Right now, you mentioned the guys that didn't pitch last night, Gervais and Razelman. We know those are the guys. Cooper came in and put out the fire, and he's fine. Uh, 16 pitches. Grant Taylor, 97-mile-an-hour fastball to get a punch out from him, uh, which was nice. But unfortunately, you know, Devin Fontenot on a night where he does set the uh, appearances record for mm-hmm. LSU, right now he's he's a guy that you're going to have to use to get outs in a regional because there are a lot of them to get, and you can't have your A dudes getting them but he's going to be asked to get outs that are not necessarily high leverage at this point because he's just not getting enough outs. Yeah, it was tough to see him in, in, like that last night, especially you know giving up that big fly to a guy who's only had two home runs all season. It's just not what you want to see from Devin. We know, uh, obviously, his history at LSU and then the high leverage situations he's pitched in the past, but obviously this season just hasn't been his best brand of baseball, leaving, obviously, too many fastballs over the heart of the plate, and, and guys are really making him pay for that. So uh, I agree with you. I think he's, there's got to be situations where you're going to need him in a regional to possibly get you through an inning uh, get you in a tight, get you out of tight situation. But right now, it's just I haven't seen the the brand of Devin Fontenot that we know he can play at. Last point here: the defense. We know what it is, and I've <laughs> kind of been steadfast in my point. Mm-hmm. I tweeted this out last night. If they're gonna make an error, that's the one they gotta make. <laughs> it's the first inning. There's two out. There's nobody on. Oh, Thompson airmails it, and Mikhail comes <laughs> right back and gets the out. They're not going to be good yeah. on defense. Yeah. They're not going to magically become a good defensive team. So you gotta make. You gotta hope the errors come in insignificant spots. There is no more insignificant spot in the entire game than two out, no one on in the first inning. That's the most insignificant spot in the entire game, and that's when it came last night, and they were clean the rest of the Look, way. I was I was worried about the cameraman. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was about to take that guy's eye out, man. Good thing he got out of the way. But to join, mean, look, like that was look. I mean, like you said, man, there's nobody on. There's no runners in scoring position. That's when you have to do it. But yeah, you know, I just hope it doesn't come in a high leverage situation where you really need out. You need to get out of yeah. tight jam. Arkansas. You know, yeah, that's the last thing you need. And I think that's how you know we got going last night. That pitcher had a, a chance to make a double play, and obviously you don't get that ground ball, and then obviously you know what happened after that. So it's going to be huge for this team to fill the ball better. I know Thompson gives a little everyone a little achy in the stomach sometimes, but uh, the way he's swinging the bat, you got to leave him out there. You just know he's going to have a couple of games where it's like, come on, come on, Jordan, come on. He spiked another one that, that, <laughs> that uh, Trey picked, and then Cranford came in and fielded that slow ground ball and fired into the dirt, and, and Morgan's picking it. like It's just... It, it's just so hard over there for Trey, but at least he's, at least they got great hands over there. If this if this team had a first baseman that had twenty home runs and was a bad defensive player, you just had to find a spot for him. It'd be a nightmare. I mean, Sharif Ishak, who I love dearly and we have on the show all the time, he gets a little hyperbolic on Twitter at times, and he said that Trey Morgan uh, has literally saved this team fifty errors. <laughs> I don't know if it's fifty, but. It's not a ridiculous thought. I mean, it, it, yeah. they spike throws yeah. so often, it's unbelievable. 
Um, yeah. But again, hopefully it comes in an insignificant spot. And last night it did. LSU wins it into the wee hours of Tuesday, 11-6, to and they advance to play Tennessee. It'll be another late one tonight. Update from the SEC tournament right now. An elimination game. Arkansas and Florida are going out. Florida leads Arkansas 7-2. to A... A brutal day at the ballpark for the Arkansas Razorbacks. One, they are on the brink of elimination from this tournament and really probably looking outside looking in at a host site. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Two, Dave Van Horn missed yesterday's game with some sort of ailment that he wasn't feeling very good. And he said he was going to come back today. He left the dugout at one point. He looks not great in the dugout right now. So clearly Dave Van Horn's fighting it. And then on a worse note, Brady Tiger, there are incredible freshman closer who we got a good look at up there in Fayetteville uh, was really impressive against LSU uh, left the game with what did not look like a very promising injury uh, at all so you know look I don't want guys getting hurt I I want uh, I want him to pitch but that did not look great to be quite honest with you so we'll see what the reports are on their closer but tough day at the ballpark for Ar- for Arkansas thus far they're playing in the eighth inning Florida leads seven to two in an elimination game uh, all right, new rankings are out. New projections are out for the NCAA baseball tournament. We will tell you where Baseball America has LSU. We will tell you where D1 Baseball has LSU. We'll give our thoughts on how things are going and who we need to pull for and against moving forward in conference tournament action. That's all next on Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. It's Hunt and Hill. Always love telling you about Reliable Roofing and Construction. You can find their website and their work at ReliableRoofingBR.com. Been telling you this all week. Listen up. If you're a teacher, you're a senior citizen, maybe you need some work done on your roof, 10% off to teenier, to, teeners, to teachers and senior citizens in the Baton Rouge area. That's just another example of how much this community means to Reliable Roofing. Lionel Hayes, Jared Hayes, they have been here their entire lives. They've grown up here. They are in the fabric of this community, and they want to help, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm so happy to tell you guys about Reliable Roofing. They're a family-run and owned and operated residential roofing company. They've been in business since 2008 with over 30 years of roofing experience. Look, I can sell you on it all day, or you can just go check out their work. I told you about ReliableRoofingBR.com, and also if you check out their Instagram, at LLC, they do a great job of displaying the work that they are capable of. And when they leave your job site, it's going to look like they were never there. Unbelievable cleanup work. And before they leave, Lionel, the owner, is going to visit every single site they work on right there because he cares. And that's a big, big deal here in this marketplace. Five-year labor warranty. Five-year labor warranty guarantee on all their roofing. Check them out at ReliableRoofingBR.com. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Welcome back. Hunt and Hill out in the open field here on a Friday edition. Hoping to get you to the Memorial Day weekend here in the capital city. Should be a beautiful one. Hope you can get out and enjoy it. Tigers get a big win last night, 11-6. to I was pretty adamant that I thought it was an important game, where the RPI stood, what it lost Kentucky could do, the way things were moving around LSU. I thought last night was a big one, and LSU took care of business. And for the prognostications, it certainly was a big win. D1 Baseball came out with their rankings updated, not rankings, projections updated today, and they have LSU as the 15 seed as a host. And Baseball America, this is Teddy Cahill, who we'll have on in an hour and 10 minutes, has LSU as the 14 seed as a host. So both Baseball America and D1 Baseball have LSU projected as a host site. Now, do you, Jeremy Hill, believe they have done enough to be a host site. Can they lose to Tennessee? 
lose again tomorrow and rest comfortably as a host? Oh, uh, I, I, I did think so. I, I think they've done enough to this point, especially when you look at some of the other teams uh, and obviously above them in the RPI right now. If a team comes to mind like East Carolina, obviously. Obviously, you look at a team like Georgia Southern. Um, I know Dallas Baptist has a really, really high strength of schedule, but I, I think you need you to look at – you know, this, the way this team's playing, the way they're swinging the bats, obviously you got to have 17 wins in the SEC. Uh, no, I don't love the quad one uh, record, um, but I do think they've done enough, especially with the with the t- uh, win over Kentucky uh, to host a regional. Uh, man, it looks really good to me right now. I can talk myself into them not hosting. I can mm-hmm. talk myself into a couple of teams winning some games, LSU getting dusted the next two days, the RPI dropping into the, into the low 20s and them not getting there. Um, I feel pretty good about it but again we'll see uh it's there's a lot going on today i'm i'm a little bit shaken and i'll be quite honest because i've kind of lived by a creed for more than a decade basically covering this i did literally cover them day to day as a writer for four years and i've been around the radio ropes here for about a decade as well just kind of paying attention to the way things go and i felt really comfortable saying if you win 15 league games you're in the tournament if you win 18 league games you're a host if you win 20 league games you are a uh, a uh, top eight seed and that is not counting the conference tournament that's a regular season deal um arkansas won 18 games in the southeastern conference they're about to be eliminated from hoover and there is nobody that is even considering them as a host site and so i'm a little shaken by that and trying to get my bearings on what it is that we're looking at. And and you mentioned two schools that I'm vehemently opposed to hosting regionals. And I've been that way all week. That's Georgia Southern and um, Georgia Southern and East Carolina. Uh, their RPIs are good. I think their resumes are disgusting. <laughs> and so I'm pulling hard against those teams mm-hmm. today. Both of them are in action. I'm also pulling for Notre Dame to beat Virginia. Virginia's right there on the bubble as being a host site as well. Um, if you look at D1 Baseball, they um, they have got Virginia out of the hosting picture. Um, and then you look at Baseball America with Teddy Cahill, and they have got Virginia in as a host, but barely at the 15, one spot behind LSU. They are currently playing Notre Dame right now, who's locked up a host site. They're going to be a host. That was the early game in the ACC tournament. Right now, Notre Dame is up three to nothing. So we need that score to hold if you're LSU. I'm also pulling for Florida in this game against mm-hmm. Arkansas because I look at a team that's got 18 league wins and I just want to get rid of them. <laughs> and so that's another team to get rid of. That's really the point here if you're LSU, just trying to pick teams off. I'm pulling for TCU to beat Oklahoma yep. State here. I still think Stillwater is going to be a host site, but TCU as a champion of that league, I think is going to get a bid as well. I'm just kind of spitballing as I run through mm-hmm. things here, but. That's what we're reduced to at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely is what you're reduced to at this point. And I think for me, I would have loved, you know, if we could have still, I know we talked about it before the SEC tournament, uh, some of these teams that weren't in quad one uh, kind of helping LSU. I think that'd be kind of the last puzzle piece uh, for this team. If you could find some of these teams that, that played in the tournament, I haven't really checked and seen which teams really could help them. But um, if you could have found a way to get back to 500 in the end of quad one, I think that would have just made it a sign, sealed, and deliver type situation. But with the quad one looking the way it is, I think it, there is a world maybe if they lose these two games that they possibly may not host. But um, I, I think I just feel like deep down inside, I think they've done enough, especially if you can find if they win another game. I think they're definitely in it. And there's no uh, if, ands, or buts about it. But um, I, I think, you know, they've done enough to me so far, though. LSU loses the next two. Their record against quad one is going to be 12 and 18. It's just a little iffy. Um, 12 mm-hmm. wins is, is very good. Um, 
know, but it's just not very impressive. And you've had, as Charlie pointed out on Jimmy's show a little bit earlier, you've had a couple of teams that you swept drop a tier. Missouri came out of quad one, um, which hurts you a little bit. Um, and you had a sweep against, I think, let me look, who fell out of quad two? Somebody just outside. Uh, Mississippi State fell out of quad two, and you had three wins there. So it's all semantics, and, and I, somebody really pointed out a reasonable thing um, on Twitter to me earlier this week. They were like, shouldn't we reconsider a system that, you know, a team, you get so, one piece of credit for beating the team that's 99th in the RPI and really taken away when they go to 102nd in the RPI, and that's just a couple of results not even resu- related to them where teams are jumping back and forth. I don't think that's – but you got to do something. we got to put metrics on something. You can't just stare at this thing and go – um. Yeah, they're in. They're a host. Yeah. The, well, they lost a yeah. lot, but I think they're better than them. You got to put some metrics on something. So the two that I'm, and I just said it, but I, I stick to it, and it's they've been ever present in all these projections. Georgia Southern East Carolina are driving me nuts right now, and I'm vehemently pulling against them. LSU right now is currently 20th in the RPI, which is fine. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, they're 12 and 16 against Quad One, and the rest of the resume looks very clean. Quad Two, you're six and one. Quad Three, you're five and one, and you're 15 and 0 in Quad Four. Those falling into Quad Four. It's just Maine <laughs> fell into Quad Four this week, and and. Threw three more games into Quad Four. I like to pile on teams that are dominating Quad Four for half their resume. And you know, Maine obviously not. not you yeah. never knew what you didn't care at that point. It was February. You're trying to stay warm and see what Jacob Berry could do. And all of a sudden, they've dropped into Quad Four. It's it's a hell of a thing. Yeah, it's bad, man. I, but I want when I really look at the teams that we're really pointing out. We talked about having 12 wins. I mean, Georgia Southern they have six wins. You know, yeah. East Carolina they have two wins. So it's like. When you look at you know the quad one, Virginia's wins. twelve and twelve, which is comp. Virginia and LSU are razor close, in my opinion. I mean, you look at what LSU's is seventeen and thirteen in the SEC, and Virginia was seventeen and thirteen in the ACC. Quad one wins, they had the exact same twelve in each. Um, it, I mean, LSU is fifteen and zero in quad four. Virginia's mm-hmm. fourteen and zero in quad four. It's basically exactly the same. So we need Notre Dame to close that out and send Virginia back. That would end this is the last game for Virginia. Notre Dame's already won their pool. This game's meaningless for the conference tournament, um, but it just matters for the seeding. So if Virginia can get knocked back in the RPI another few spots and LSU doesn't go anywhere with the rest of their SEC tournament, that's a that's a good thing. That's a team that I'm keeping a, a close eye on for sure. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got to keep a close eye on Virginia, yeah, but I I'm, I'm just really kind of trying to analyze this thing and figure this whole thing out. I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the teams above LSU and some of it's like I don't understand how Maryland is a team that's so high in the RPI when their strength of schedule is 107. They only have three quad one victories. It's like you're dominating quad four, you're dominating quad three, and you're in the top five in the country. It's just what are they valuing here? I just don't understand it. I know they have 45 wins, but 
you're just pounding quad three and quad four teams. So it's like this whole thing is just a little <laughs> wacky to me. I think Southern Miss is going to be in as a lock as a host. They're 42 and 14. Uh, they're seven and eight against quad one, which is not that great, but they're the Conference USA champions, and I think they're they're going to be a host. So for me right now, I've got eyes on making sure Arkansas hits the bricks, which it looks like they're going to. I'm trying to get Virginia knocked out, and I'm just going to pull against uh, Georgia Southern and East Carolina because there are only so many in in the in the running right now. We'll talk to Teddy Cahill about this an hour, uh, well, 50 minutes from right now um, because he's got a good thought uh, on all this, and he's got LSU in his projections uh, as of today, which was new at number 14. Right behind LSU, he's got Virginia. Right behind that, he's got TCU. That makes a little bit more sense to me with TCU. Okay, you won your league. You're the 16th because your RPI is not very good. I mean, that 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 makes sense to me. Right in front of LSU, he's got East Carolina and Notre Dame and Auburn. So, um, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here. I realize we're talking a little bit in circles, but that's that's the point of the exercise is trying to identify these teams and see what you need to do. What else you can do is go beat the number one team in the country tonight if they, you know, have their way. And we don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm. I will have no debate, but we won't have a show tomorrow, so that's <laughs> the way it goes. When we come back after this timeout, we will talk about the number one team in the country. I've got an interesting parallel for you uh, that goes back a few years, but it's uh, it's interesting nonetheless. Tigers and balls tonight. We'll get you ready for it next on Hunt and Hill. Holding down the middle of the day. This is Hunt and Hill. And Hill, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Luke Johnson from Saints Minicamp in 30 minutes. Jameis is out there working out. Chris Olave is catching touchdown passes. Honey Badger's doing his thing. Michael Thomas is around. We'll get updates on all of that from Luke coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon. LSU and Tennessee will be the nightcap tonight from the Hoover Met. Uh, by now, you know the Vols are pretty good. 50-7 uh, and seven on the season. They finished conference play at 25-5. and five. A little bit short of two marks. One was Vanderbilt, who went 26-3 and three in 2013. That's the all-time best, and they did not win all 10 of their weekends because, obviously, Kentucky got them one time. Arkansas last year won all 10 of their weekends. Um, but they're quite good, and they've got some options in terms of what they can do. Um, I haven't seen a pitcher announced. I would imagine the SEC Pitcher of the Year, Chase Dolander, will throw in the game. They went with Blade Tidwell last night. They have got four literal aces, four guys that look like Alex Lang, that look like Kevin Gaussman. Uh, I, I, I struggle to put people in Aaron Nola's, uh in his stratosphere <laughs> because he's, he's that good, but they've got four guys that I have absolutely no quibbles calling aces on their roster. And so I think Dolander is probably the most likely pitcher to go. He threw the Thursday night game in their finale against Mississippi State. That game they won 27-2. to um, But Dolander is a Southeastern Conference Pitcher of the Year. He has been absolutely brilliant from start to finish. Uh, they have only lost one game that he's pitched all year. And in that game, he came out of the bullpen, threw four shutout innings, and struck out five guys. So not exactly his fault. They lost the game. He was coming in to kind of try to to keep him at bay, uh, but he's a he throws 98 to 99 miles an hour. Uh, the slider's really good, and he's going to be a first round pick when it's his time, which is not not this year. <laughs> so he'll be back next year. But this kid can really yeah. go. Look, it's it's a good swing for LSU here. Uh, you win, you lock up a lot of stuff, and you move your RPI in a really good spot. You get yourself nowhere near the 16 line. You've got a chance to to host next weekend and find yourself in a super regional with the team you can absolutely beat. 
Um, you lose, it's not going to hurt you terribly, but you'd like to come back and win the next game. But tonight is a free swing, and you're not going to see yeah. a much better pitcher anytime in the SEC tournament, in the NCAA tournament, than the guy you're going to see tonight. No, I mean, if they put Dolander out there, it's going to be obviously the best pitcher LSU's faced all season. I know they've gone against Barco, they've gone against Nolan, they've gone against some different guys, but this is obviously the best. I mean, when you look at the velocity, you look at the ERA, you look at the strikeouts, um, this guy's the real deal. And I think it's going to be a great challenge for LSU. Obviously, the bats have been extremely hot. Um, this is going to be the big, a big test for them. And if this was, you know, a regular game in the middle of February or March, and then it'd be one thing. But obviously, this is the SEC tournament. So, you know, Tennessee's got to come out with their best brand of baseball. So that's going to be a big challenge for LSU. And I'm excited to see kind of how these, how the batting approaches that we've used over the past week or so, uh, you know, fares against a pitcher like Dolander. He is uh, on the season. He is uh, 8-0. He has got 90 strikeouts and nine walks, which is uh, <laughs> quite good. Those 90 strikeouts in 62 and two-thirds innings. He is exceptional. They could, of course, go with Chase Burns, who has let off a lot of weekends for them. Uh, he's dealt with a, a little bit of an injury here and there, but looks to be back in full strength. He's 7-1. and one. He's got 88 strikeouts in 67 innings on the season. So he's an option as well. By the way, Blade Tidwell pitched for him yesterday, and he's going to be a first-round pick here in a couple of months. So it's an embarrassment of riches over there. And about, Oh, by the way, uh, when you're not dealing with Dolander and you're actually pitching the baseball, uh, you're dealing with a team that has eight guys with double-digit home runs. The two guys who play a lot that don't have double-digit home runs, Drew Gilbert, who does have eight home runs, he also hit 388 and led the league. Uh, and the other guy who plays a lot who doesn't have double-digit home runs is Steph Stevenson, who has 20 steals. So <laughs> there's not a single weak spot in this lineup. Stevenson, by the way, hit 343. So it's, uh, it's the best team in college baseball by a pretty wide margin. That guarantees you nothing come June, but it's a, it's a bear of a lineup to deal with, Jeremy. I mean, I mean, we haven't even talked about the field and what they have the best fielding in the yeah, SEC this year, too. So, so, I mean, there's no weakness this team. Obviously, we've seen them lose uh, at times this year, but, I mean, you, you look at a team, you can't create a better team in the lab. They got the pitching. We haven't even talked about, you know, one of their guys coming out of the bullpen throwing 105. And so, I mean, this team is just unreal. Um, they, they, you know, obviously, I know their, their manager gets a lot of love from the good folks in Baton Rouge, but um, it, for LSU, it's going to be a huge test, man. It's gonna, I'm, ex, I'm extremely excited. Excited to see, you know, who they start today. I'm not a big fan of starting Floyd. I don't want to see him pitch all those fastballs over the plate. I just think that does not bode well against this lineup. I want to see Hasty. I don't know where they're going to go, but um, I just don't know if I love seeing Floyd on the mound tonight. Here's the deal, and we touched on this yesterday, but I heard Jason Kelly say it on this show. Um, he talked about Ty Floyd being a pretty good fit in Hoover because it's a big ballpark. This is his first time there, speaking of, of Kelly, and Jay Johnson's first time there, but they've watched this, game, this, this tournament on TV for a decade. So they know what they're getting into. If you think that Ty Floyd can challenge these guys and get fly balls and it's a tough ballpark to leave, there's some thought process there. I'm more with you where you lay a bunch of fastballs in against these guys, it could spell disaster, and I think Hasty may be a better matchup. The truth is there haven't been any real good matchups. The, the series they lost this year at Kentucky – it was freezing cold. I mean, that was that was part of it in Lexington. They just had a really cold snap. Kentucky, who has a you know has a couple of decent arms, spun a lot of breaking balls. They pressed a little bit, um, and that may happen to them in the NCAA tournament if they get behind, get into an elimination spot at some time. You can realize that all this this ride you've been on can crash, and you can get really tight. We've seen that. Um, this is a total free swing for mm -hmm. Tennessee. Not a single pitch that they play this week matters a lick to anybody. Mm -hmm. They are the number one national seed, 100% signed, sealed, and delivered. They can get run-ruled the next two days, and, and, and they're still the number one seed. Mm -hmm. Incidentally, getting run-ruled twice 
Mississippi State got run ruled in Hoover twice last year, won the national championship. So for those that are <laughs> freaking out about their, about their team in the conference tournament, it can turn around pretty quick. South Carolina was notorious for being awful in Hoover. They won back to back national championships. So it's it's okay. But Jeremy, playing this Tennessee team reminded me of LSU and Oregon State in 2017. Um, LSU won its first game against Florida State. They played Oregon State in Game Two of that uh, of that College World Series. Eric Walker got hurt. Oregon State absolutely lit LSU up, embarrassed them. And when LSU came back to play Oregon State and had to beat them twice, Oregon State was 56 and four at that point in the season. LSU came back and beat them twice. Uh, Alex Lang was absolutely brilliant in one game. Caleb Gilbert came back the next day. He got some help from the home man umpire, but was excellent in that game as well. And LSU did beat them twice. It sometimes happens to these elite teams that the bats can go cold a little bit. And I went back and did a little research on that and tweeted it out. If you follow me on Twitter, at uh, HuntPalmer88, um, there have been nine guys that played in those two games that have already played Major League Baseball, um, and that was a 2017 college baseball game. If you look back and look at it, um, there was... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Oregon State side, Nick Madrigal, who plays for the Cubs. Stephen Kwan, who has lit the league on fire in his rookie year. Uh, uh, Trevor Larnick, big left-handed bat, uh, who's now with the Twins, has played great. Adley Rutschman was the number one pick in the draft as a catcher out of Oregon State. Drew Rasmussen was a first-round pick. Ended up coming up with the, the, the Brewers and pitching. And then Dykeman has made it up with the Cubs. Uh, Kramer, of course, made it up for a couple days. Mike Papierski just made his major league debut, and Alex Lang for LSU. So nine guys yeah. from those two games uh, went out there and played some major league baseball, and that doesn't count yet. Josh Smith, who has a great chance to play pro baseball. K.J. Harrison, who was on that Oregon State team that I think will make it. And I think Zach Hess, if he can find it in the minor leagues, can make it as well. Um, that's the kind of talent level you'll see on the field tonight, specifically if Dylan Cruz and Jacob Berry, we hope Jacob Berry, is out there at some point. And these Tennessee guys are loaded with first-rounders as well. It's a, it's yeah. going to be a lot of talent today. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a ton of talent. When you look at especially Tennessee and that lineup, especially all the guys that made the all-SEC team, and obviously we know uh, the damage LSU did. When you look at Trey Morgan making the defensive team, obviously we know what Barry and Cruz and, uh, and all those guys have done. So it's going to be high-leverage baseball. It's going to be two teams with really a lot of talented guys, especially when you look at the top of the order uh, of some of these lineups. Uh, it's going to be a great game, obviously, for LSU. Um, if they can somehow find a way to pull this off, then you can pretty much sign to and deliver that uh, – hosting the regional so it's gonna be a great opportunity to try to do that tonight so look uh, here's the deal with tennessee uh, if you're looking at where you are in the lineup you got to take it they, they, it's one through nine it's the best in, in college baseball it's one of the best in the history of college baseball quite honestly they've they've shattered the bb core home run record and they're still probably going to play for another month it's it's shocking to watch and they play in a small ballpark but it's it's really really impressive to watch so there is not a weak leak in that entire lineup you mentioned um, the 105-mile-an-hour fastball. Uh, we saw that yesterday. He was kind of sitting at 103. He's not even, like, their highest leverage guy uh, when he comes in. Um, they got other bullpen pieces that they sometimes go to instead, but we did see him yesterday. Um, again, I think if you're going to advance in the, in the 
in the regional and super regional and get to Omaha, you're going to have to beat some really good pitching. I'm less concerned with how LSU handles this Tennessee lineup because there's not one like it, Mm -hmm. and LSU's not going to Knoxville next week, so I don't really care about that. I'm more concerned with how does LSU handle Dolander? What does your lineup do against a legitimate ace? If you go out there and tag him for five runs and five innings, it changes how I kind of think this team is rolling. They're clearly hitting some subpar pitching at times. You light up Tennessee. You light up Kentucky's guy. You light up this guy tonight. Mm-hmm. That's something. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, we saw it against Georgia. I mean, when Cannon was on the mound, I did not think we would do as uh, yeah. you know, great as we did against him. And obviously, you, you saw what LSU did. So I think, you know, as the season went on, uh, they start handling the ace pitchers a lot better. This is obviously going to be, I don't think they face a guy throwing 98, but um, this is going to be their biggest test. So, I mean, I think as the season's going on, we've seen the basket hotter and hotter and them handle aces better and better. Um, let's see how they handle the night. It's going to be a huge test, and I, I think they can do a good job against it. Oh, my goodness. I just hit refresh on my browser. Arkansas has lost to Florida. Their RPI just went down 10 spots. They are number 43 in the RPI with 18 SEC wins. I, look, I hope I, that's that's jarring to me. Um, that's that's a three seed. They might be a three seed. I don't think they are. I think they're a two. But 43 in the RPI, my word, that's worse than Alabama and Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes you realize if LSU would have lost to Kentucky yeah. last night, what would have happened to the RPI? No so that was, that was a huge win to get over Kentucky because you see, man, you lose to a team you got no business losing to, you're going to get crushed in the RPI. There is no doubt about that. you got to win, win games. Good news for LSU. They don't have to worry about getting crushed in the RPI uh, in this one today as they are playing the number one team in the country. Just catching you up on that score. We'll continue to update you until it goes final. Uh, Notre Dame is leading Virginia 3 to nothing in the bottom of the eighth, so Virginia's got three outs to score three runs. That is good news for LSU. Virginia, by most people's estimation, is very close to LSU. They're close in the RPI, close in conference record. Quad one wins are the same. That's a team that LSU needs to pull against. This is their last game. Hopefully Notre Dame can finish it. They're going to host a regional anyway, so no concern there. I will uh, update you when that one goes final. We'll come back and close out our number one. Top of our number two, Luke Johnson, Saints OTAs. That's uh, coming up on Hunt Hill. 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge with Hunt and Hill. Bayou Ford, check them out. BayouFord.com. A lot of people buzzing about the new Broncos. I had a buddy that bought one just last week, and it is nice. You want to check out the Broncos? They got them down there at Bayou Ford. If you're looking for more of the Explorer, my style, you can head on down to Bayou Ford. Jeremy's got the F 250. All that on the Ford lot. If you're also not interested in the Ford, that's okay. They got uh, Dodge. They got Jeep. Check those out at Bayou Automotive down there in Laplace. And you don't have to go to Laplace. You can just go to BayouFord.com and check out the inventory. You can purchase a car online. They will drive it right to you. They got six drivers ready to do that at your convenience. That's part of being in the Bayou Ford family. The convenience just can't be beat, Jeremy. Yeah, it can't be beat at all. And then Bayou Ford definitely has a great special going on right now on two vehicles. The first vehicle being a new 2022 Ford F-150 for 2.9% APR and $500 in bonus cash. The second is a new 2021 Ford EcoSport for $2,000 off MSRP. Reminds you, every single purchase down there at Bayou Ford, one million mile limited powertrain warranty. Every new vehicle, million-mile warranty. That's going to be the life of that car. Check them out at Bayou Ford, where they're going to do right. Bayou. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. 
I was all prepared to talk about the Saints in this segment leading into Luke at the top of the next hour, but now I'm looking up the SEC Network, and they're showing Nick Mangione getting tossed last night. Uh, now he's getting interviewed. <laughs> Jeremy, you don't have the history that I do with Nick Mangione. Not necessarily me, but I was, you know, I, I watched it. Um, watching him get tossed last night really warmed my heart uh, because <laughs> he is as unlikable a coach as there is in the league to me uh, right there with Fatello, even though I don't have any beef necessarily with Fatello because he hasn't done anything with LSU. Mangione was a coach on John Cohen's staff at Mississippi State. He was an assistant before he got this job. And I distinctly remember um, LSU was playing Mississippi State, and Mingione was a base coach, and there was a ball hit, and he, from his coaching box, screamed at Tyler Hanover, LSU's third baseman, foul ball, foul ball, when it was a fair ball. And it was just total Bush League and absolute trash, and Maneri got so ticked and went at them. That was part of the beef between Maneri and Cohen. It got escalated in the next year when Kendall Graveman threw a fa- fastball over Mason Katz's head because he was hitting too many home runs against them. And that whole Mississippi State program at that point was just just very unlikable, and Mingione was part of it. The beauty of last night with him getting tossed, he got tossed after a replay review. <laughs> like he got yeah. he got tossed yelling yeah. at the official who was just listening to the guy in the replay booth saying, "Yeah, he's safe." He, why are you yelling at him? He didn't even do it. <laughs> no, it was hilarious because I mean, obviously that was a, I mean, we talk about Dylan Cruz all the yeah. time. That was an amazing play to just move that shoulder just slightly just a little bit to squeeze that hand over home plate. And I, I think he was safe. I, I I think I didn't think he got the tag on him until after he got on the base, but just seeing him literally lose his mind the ump's face like literally just staring at him like all right bro like shut up like you're tossed get your backpack get your ipad and get out of here it was funny in the hotel for a day and a half waiting to play and you finally got out there and you got run yelling a guy who didn't even make the call he just he he just the only call he made was to call birmingham where they are and say hey what's the what what do we what to do safe all right he's safe and then he lost his mind and started yelling at people i don't you're you're your team may need you in this game, considering you know if you lose a couple of games, your season's over. You might want to stay stick around for the whole game, and he just lost his mind. But I guess it's just kind of part of for the course for that that uh, that Cohen staff. I did make sure to put a a disclaimer on my tweet when I was talking about it last night because I don't want John Cohen to hear this and be upset with LSU uh, because he's on the selection committee. So let's, let's stay in John Cohen's good graces. The good news is uh, he didn't have an axe to grind with Paul Monaire anymore because Paul's not the coach. So if he doesn't have quite as a uh, bit of a history with Jay Johnson, we can keep Cohen uh, quiet. He obviously has to leave the room when they talk SEC. But um, I just you know, wanted to be sure and, and make sure and smooth that over as we get to selection Monday. What do you, I mean, what do you think of Vitello? I mean, Throwing bet, throwing flip bats, and kind of get, you know being a little edgy. His team's a little edgy. I mean, does that? I'll you're tell you a former what, player. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. That'd be the last guy, a guy like Scott Woodward, had just yeah. not <laughs> just exact opposite of what he's looking for in a manager and a head guy. I mean, to me, like. It's, it's a situation for me, like, if that's your coach, like, obviously, if you're a player for him, you're going to rally for him. He's probably going to get you going. But as an opposing, you know, opponent or opposing fan or opposing fan base, I mean, I don't love it. I mean, especially this year, he's about to bump, chest bump a ump, like, yeah, yelling in his bad. face. Like, you, you, like, some stuff, you're just going too far. So I can see if it rubs people the wrong way. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but I can see, like, if that's your guy, you got to rally behind him. But, no, I'm, I'm not the hugest fan. I think a lot of people around here just detest him because he's new to the, to the scene. He's got this program that's not supposed to be very good that's good. They beat LSU in the Super last year. Um, because the, the incidents haven't necessarily 
sparked a ton of emotion in me because it wasn't dealing with LSU. I've had a more difficult time just like conjuring up some dislike. As you can tell, Nick Ningioni did this 10 years ago, and I'm still ticked at him. So yeah. that's how you, 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 you push the purple and gold button, you get the rap. You, you get ticked at you know whoever they're playing when, they're, when the bat flip happens. It was Auburn maybe or whoever. Like I, I just have a little bit more difficult time uh, getting revved up and, and getting rolling. Uh, I did think it was funny when Vitello this year, they had the, the um, illegal bat that hadn't been checked, and they got oh, yeah. a home run taken off the board <laughs> yeah. in Oxford for that. And Vitello went to the mic. I think it was the it was the in-game interview because the game was on TV, and they interviewed him in-game, and he was like, yeah, Jordan Beck, that's not even his real name. His name's Mike Honcho. He didn't even go to Tennessee. And he, he, <laughs> oh, he, he conjured God. this entire like concoction about or tell, accusing us of like using fake bats or rigged bats. Like We'll just play along with it. And I thought in-game for him to do that, that added a little bit of humor to me. I generally hate the in-game interview with the coach because yeah. he's got other things going on, whether it's mm-hmm. the NBA or baseball or whatever. But that one I thought was a little bit of humor. I, I just don't hate the guy. I think a lot of people do. Um, let's. That, is that a good poll question? Like, do you yeah. dislike Tony Vitello? Yeah, I mean, looky in the body for chat. He said he loathes Vitello. Oh, see, like, that's, we'll go with that. Citizen <laughs> poll question. Do you dislike Tony Vitello? Uh, we will see what the the. Uh, oh, no, we gotta have three options: yes, no, I don't care. Because for me, it's like I don't care. I just yeah. I'm not worried about Tennessee's baseball program. Um, they did beat LSU in the Super last year, obviously, but we got our own issues to deal with here in Baton Rouge. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and, and tackle those first. Been a, uh, a fast moving first hour as we move towards a holiday weekend. Hope you've enjoyed hanging out with us. We still got another hour to come. You missed hour one. Started with the reaction to LSU and Kentucky. Gave you our thoughts on the new projected fields of 64 from D1 Baseball and Baseball America. Um, and then hit on some uh, Tennessee Vols as well. So uh, any of that you missed, on demand, 1045ESPN.com, or on Spotify, or on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you catch our stuff. YouTube is included in that as well, where people are hanging out in the Bayou Ford chat. Uh, when we come back, hour number two will crank up. We will have Teddy Cahill at 115, talk a little NBA at 130, but we are kicking things off with the black and gold. Luke Johnson's been at OTAs. What's Jameis look like? How about the rookies? Tyron Matthews out there. All that's coming at you in hour number two, Friday edition of Hunt and Hill. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 